Hi, I'm Ariana Blossom. I am the CEO of Blossom Consulting. Thank you for lending me your ear for the next 15 minutes. People ask us what we do and our team, we do a lot, but primarily our team can help you reduce conflict by up to 50% in three months. So how do we do it? I'm gonna start by sharing a quick anecdote. One of our clients is a manufacturer doing about 100 million in annual revenue. One of their top leaders recently confided in me. He said, Ariana, I sat down in my armchair with a beer in my hand on my first day of vacation since the lockdown started. I was finally getting a break. And then suddenly it felt like the walls were closing in on me. My chest was tight. I was having a hard time breathing and my thoughts were racing and it's unlike anything I've experienced before. So my mom's a therapist and I had to call her to help me talk through it. See, after months of dealing with sending employees to work from home and trying to keep up with the rapidly changing health and safety guidelines from the state, he had this moment when he expected to relax and let go and instead had an anxiety attack. He had been able to push down a lot of intense emotions while he was still in motion, but when he finally had the space, all the anxieties just came rushing up. We're living in a time of collective uncertainty, which was a hard pivot away from the massive economic growth we had been experiencing. And now we're having to ask really hard questions like, how can I continue to provide value to the customers we still have? while having cut our workforce by 30, 40, even 50%. And what happens to my company if the, fall, if the schools stay closed and the majority of my employees can't come into work? And how do we get people to wear freaking masks? I hear a deeper question that was also asked during the civil rights movement in the US in the 1960s, which is, where do we go from here? There are very few easy answers, so let's acknowledge that this experience, it comes with anxiety, it comes with fear and anger and frustration, the desire to blame somebody or something. And even, maybe that's not every minute, because you might also be having moments where you're like, you know, I am so grateful to be healthy right now, or moments of peace, because like, hey, I'm not doing that commute to work every day, and that's a relief. So let's just start first with breathing. Just exhale. As a leader, you have to take care of your inner world first because people are looking to you for clarity and direction. If you have so much anxiety in your body right now to sit still and breathe, it's just too big an ask, then go for a walk, do push-ups, do whatever turns your anxiety into a feeling of power and possibility. Because your number one job is to guard and energize and keep clear the desire in your heart. Are you clear on what you want for your business, for your team, your family, and yourself? How you communicate, the thoughts you have about your circumstances, they all flow out of the quality and clarity of your inner life. So don't bury yourself in negative evidence, even though there is a lot of it. And don't give self-pity residence in your mind. And don't succumb to rage, even if it is really tempting. Just be determined to do the difficult things better 
and with more grace and ease. Crisis proofing your organization starts with your ability to cut through the noise, including the noise inside your own head and heart. And one, get clear on what you want. Two, on what the business needs. And three, recognize how to best support your team. The enemy is noise, and the goal for you as a leader is clarity. So what's the problem you're dealing with right now? Is it recovering lost revenue? Is it operationalizing your strategic plan? Or is it the mental and emotional well-being of you and your team? Each of those problems require different approaches to address them, but they are also interlocking challenges. For example, operationalize your strategic plan and you will likely discover revenue or cost-saving opportunities you hadn't seen before. Address your team's stress levels in a meaningful way and see they have a renewed energy for customer interactions, which improves sales. This year, 2020, it's upended so many aspects of our lives. It is disruptive, and perhaps that's something we've needed. It's a moment that's broken the status quo, and it's now a chance to look through the chaos and uncertainty and find what is essential. So let's look at this from a strategic business perspective. First, what mode is your business in right now? Is it in survival mode? Meaning it's just a daily scramble to keep the lights on. Or is it in recovery mode? Meaning revenue is now just stable enough to start bringing some employees back from furloughs or layoffs. Or is it in a growth mode? meaning sales have continued to climb up, 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 and you're continuing to hire to increase capacity. Where we go from here has to first be informed by knowing where we are. And since each of those modes, survival, recovery, and growth, require different strategies, and this is just a quick chat between you and me, we'll have to paint with a broad brush. That brush will lightly touch on how strategic business plan teams can focus your team's energy and drive repeatable results. Before I jump into the structure of strategic business plan teams, we'll explore a couple of higher level questions. Actually, you know, I'm going to say one thing before we do that. I understand that thinking about strategic planning can seem pointless at a time of rapid unpredictable change, racial uprisings, violence across the country, and this ever-increasing threat of climate change. It can seem small, like, you know, what's a document going to do in the face of all this? A strategic plan at its best is a living document. It's one that is consistently referred to. It drives your team's energy and focus and has a space to continually evolve. You can include addressing racial inequalities in your strategic plan. You can commit to goals that are aligned with your intention to restore nature or reduce carbon emissions. You can dedicate resources to the issues you care about through your strategic planning process. At its worst, a strategic plan overcommits resources. It puts managers at 
odds with each other, and it creates silos across departments, which just means everyone is tied up and protecting themselves and not mutually focused on creating a thriving organization with resources to share. Is your strategic plan as it's written still relevant? Things have changed. Maybe it's time to change the plan. Has it proven to be flexible? Have the goals that you set out in the plan been altered as a result of the pandemic? Let's look at it this way. Are there products and services that your plan hinged on that have either turned out to be not great revenue drivers, or maybe they drain your team's energy with only a modest return? Is it time to take a hard look at the viability of certain products and services? Or is it time to revisit and rewrite your plan? If any of this is speaking to you, then let's do a quick self-assessment. Answer this question for me. Between one and 10, one being the lowest and 10 being the highest, how confident are you that your strategic plan is an effective tool for driving results in your organization? How confident are you that your strategic plan is an effective tool for driving results in your organization? If you answered that with a seven or less, we should chat. It suggests there's room for growth. But no matter where you are in that scale, there is a process that can help maximize revenue growth, cost-saving opportunities, and reduce destructive conflict among your managers. That process involves creating strategic business plan teams. These are small groups made up of department leaders across the organization. The purpose of these teams is to rapidly problem solve on the part of the strategic plan, their experience, their role within the company, and their natural working styles are best suited to. I know this seems kind of vague talking about it this way, so to better illustrate it, I'll use a real world example. That manufacturing client I mentioned earlier, we launched an initiative to bring down the silos that were preventing information from flowing through the organization. And this initiative brought together the entire 21-person management team together in a structured way to problem-solve around the issues like unnecessary costs, poor product launches, delays in shipping times, and a weak digital marketplace presence. We started this initiative in July of 2019 by bringing all the managers together at a retreat. Prior to the retreat, the leadership and our team looked at the strategic plan and we designed teams with people from different departments who each had relevant experience and knowledge to be on that team. This is a very intentional process. For example, one goal in the strategic plan was to increase on-time shipping to 98%, which means that 98% of all products shipped would be shipped within the date promised to the customer. And to this point, it wasn't happening. We brought together managers from shipping, foundry, sales, and finishing. Because shipping delays aren't just a result of the shipping department. The shipping department is at the end of a long process, which is why managers involved in creating and finishing products had to be on that team. Salespeople make promises to customers, and often they do that without any window into whether those promises can be kept across the organization. But salespeople are in direct conversation with the customer which is a window that shipping and product creation often doesn't have. So this process opens up the window to multiple departments all at once. 
this team became one of the strategic business plan teams. And using the process that we developed, the teams were given expectations of what success looked like, specific tools, and then we set them loose to problem solve. In less than a year, one team had identified 2.1 million in cost savings. A second team improved the website, which it really needed, developed an entire suite of digital and print marketing materials for trade shows, and propped up a marketing department for the first time. I know you're thinking it's 2020 and they just got a marketing department. I mean, it's amazing how successful you can be without following all the rules. Another team generated $3.5 million in potential new business, and one team amazingly launched, it still blows my mind, launched a new division within the company. I mean, to say the least, this was a massive success. Yeah, and of course results are going to vary depending on each company and their capacity. That's the caveat. I, but perhaps just as important have been the more intangible benefits. Trust is significantly higher among the managers. The speed at which they communicate and share information is faster because they're working as an interlocking system rather than as a separate set of silos. I mean, like COVID brought stress to everybody, including these teams, but there's an underlying tension of not really knowing each other and not really knowing who to trust that really has melted away through this process. They work through conflicts faster, and they often share how much they appreciate everyone being dedicated to the success of the company. So does this process solve every single problem in an organization? Of course not. There's no training, there's no consultant, there's no magic pill that's going to do that. Change and challenge are what we need to grow but we can always be doing the difficult things better so that we can reaffirm our belief in possibility. If you're having to restructure your business, revisit your strategic plan, or deal with ongoing conflict among your managers, and the challenges are just causing you to want to pull your hair out, have a conversation with us. Clarity is just around the corner.